Many people are used to the ways that ChatGPT can help them write a better article or AI can help them make better decisions in small tasks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about how ChatGPT's technology, large language models, and how AI in general is being used in the defense industry by the military and by different governments. Today, we're going to be talking about a couple big companies that have recently come out with different defense-related Um, products in AI using large language models, and we're going to talk about some of the implications of those tools. So the first one that I wanted to cover is Palantir, because you may have heard it in the news lately. Um, Recently, they it's uh, backed by Peter Thiel, I believe. And uh, recently, they did a demo showing one of their AI large language model um, kind of based AI tools that aggregates data and helps to make military decisions and operations. And when they did that, their stock, which they're a publicly traded uh, company because I believe that they're they're kind of like a data analytics, analytics software vendor, and their stock price went up 20%. So it was, this big, uh, it was this big thing. And apparently they're having more demand than ever for their current um, software platform that they have released, which is called... Um, AIP, and that stands for Artificial Intelligence Platform. That sounds really generic, so I would think I would have picked a better brand name. But regardless, obviously, they're the ones that are incredibly successful and doing well on this. Um, So what do I know? But in any case, um, essentially, their company's tool can be used by militaries to tap um, the same AI that that ChatGPT is built on, and that is to help in battlefield intelligence and decision-making. So They had a recent demo video that kind of showed how their platform worked, and I watched it. It was really fascinating. Um, But essentially what they're doing is they're analyzing intel on enemy targets. Um, They identify potential, you know, hostile situations or other things like that. Then they'll go and they'll ask the AI to propose a battle plan. Um, And then they'll have the AI send the battle plan over to the commanding officers um, to kind of work on the execution. And it's honestly really impressive how this is done. There's recently another... Um, tool and company that has come out with a very similar tool called Donovan, which I'll cover in a second. But essentially, just to give you an idea of like, like how this works, really, because um, when I first heard about it, it was kind of hard to visualize. If you can kind of imagine it, they have kind of like a command portal with a chat model on the one side, and on the other side is like a live satellite view of a map. Um, and on that map, you can have different uh, data points. Now, it's important to note that this whole system w- would be tied directly into all, like, it would have, like, access to all the confidential classified information of um, of a military, essentially, or any sort of group. So it would know what the locations of your different teams, your different artillery. Um, it would know, the, essentially, it's kind of like, it's interesting thinking about this like a company, but, like, you know, someone like Walmart, they have, like, point-of-sale systems. Um, and they have different systems that track their inventory, how many, um, you know, bottles of ketchup are on one shelf. So military's got the same thing, except it's like how much ammo is um, in different locations, how many missiles does this team have, how many tanks are over here. So they have the same kind of systems that track, and all of that data is put into this tool that has a large language model. And what's really interesting about this is it is based off of your military doctrine. So um, I'm assuming they're probably going to have exclusive contracts with the U.S. government. That would be uh, interesting if they were uh, doing foreign governments and then, you know, two governments uh, went to war or had some sort of squirmishes and they were both using the same sort of AI-based technology to fight each other. Um, so I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of exclusive contracts on this kind of thing. 
obviously the defense industry spends very heavily on this, right? Like if uh, if the U.S. government could get a 20% advantage over an adversary by using a, an AI tool like this, I think they'd pay a lot for it, um, especially if it can help uh, decrease mortalities and whatnot. So in any case, this thing plugs into all of your data um, and it is integrated with more than just your data of where things are, but um, the ability to send out um, send out things like autonomous drones. So in the example they gave, uh, essentially the person said, hey, scan the map and let me know where my adversaries are on the map. So it has like a scan of the map and based off of the latest Intel data, which by the way, they said they could, um, anytime someone uploads a new PDF or a new image to like a file that's that they're able to scan, it, it's updating in real time. So it knows the position of everything and it has, uh, you know, um, GPS uh, searching through everything. So they have um, then they, they then have it say like, you know, alert me of any anomalies that you see on this map. And it will say, okay, well, an anomaly is that, you know, this tank here has moved forward this amount of space that, you know, we weren't expecting that blah, blah, blah. And then you can say, okay, give me three, um, possible like, uh, pieces of action that I could do to help mitigate this risk or, you know, engage with this adversary. And it would say, okay, so, you know, over here you have like the 150, ninth artillery you could fire that at it or over here you have like an airbase you could fly an uh, airplane over and you know try to shoot it or there's this team omega here that has a bunch of anti-tank javelin missiles you could send them up so it has a bunch of different options and then you could say okay send these options up to command control it has the whole like military brief um mapped out and sent over to your commanding officer um and then you can also say all right um i'm interested in this i would like to at the same time gather more intel so send out a um what's the best way to gather intel on this they would say okay well you could you know you could uh fly an airplane over it you could use this type of uh team to go and spy on it or you could use like some sort of drone and you say okay use the one that requires the least amount of like humans so they're like all right we select the drone it would send in a drone to go fly over take pictures it would bring the pictures back to you immediately on the platform where you can analyze and also send to your higher ups um, to justify or decide if it is an actual threat or not. Really, really powerful technology and very, very interesting. Um, Palantir, when they did this demo, um, which was, it's, you know, very, it looks like a very sophisticated piece of software, um, you know, showing live footage from airplanes of tanks and all sorts of things. Uh, it obviously got a lot of interest from a lot of different people and um, their company has a lot of interest in that. So, really interesting to see kind of how the defense industry is using this it's like this large language model and decision making based off of it is really powerful something i think that they're doing that is really useful is the fact that this isn't just like a black box of um you know you ask like i chat gpt for example based off of these things what should i do it's saying based off of these these things and our current military doctrine and our, you know, engagement strategies that are X, Y, and Z and all of this data that we have of how we typically respond to these kind of things, what would you recommend the best thing to do that would have the least amount of casualties that would, you know, uh, neutralize the threat the fastest? You can have all your different stipulations in there. And um, it's based off of that. And, and unlike ChatGPT, that is a black box, it will show you in the back end. You can kind of open up the hood and look at the back end and see um which AI model, because you can actually put different types of AIs into here, merging multiple different AIs together to do these AIs that are trained for specific parts of these tasks. Um, but you can actually open up the hood and look in the background and see which AI model made which decisions, which decisions had to go to um, actual people, uh, what 
why, like which intel people were in the loop of and which uh, decisions were approved or suggested by people. So it's really transparent on, you know, um, it's not just like an AI is all of a sudden taking over the military and making all the decisions. It's really um, has a very clear mapped out, which I think is really important for transparency, especially in something as, uh, as uh, touchy as military operations or as critical, I would say. Um, and so it really maps out who's responsible for what, who made what decisions, and what the AI was doing. Um, and I think it's interesting because it's not just saying like, you know, neutralize the threat. It's saying give me some options. It it creates options, and it you know it gives all the data about the options. It's like you know if you go and engage with this, um, based off of you know the artillery here, it's you know forty kilometers away. You have an eighty nine percent success rate of hitting it. You, the fuel level on the artillery is at like 14%, the personnel required, there's eight people required to fire that. It's gonna take about 18 minutes to get that system up and going. These are your assets that you have there. So it really gives you a lot of different data. Um, and it, with all of these options that it lays out, it gives you all the data of why it picked those options um, and lets, you know, obviously an actual person make the call on that. So this is not AI that is uh, running and doing the whole thing. So. I think it's really impressive technology. Um, all obviously very scary thinking about AI being incorporated into the military, especially because um, when I look at this and I see a company coming out of America, I'm living in America and I'm like, oh, great, this is more defense. But I think the scary thing is obviously China, Russia, all these other countries um, that could potentially be adversaries for me or for other countries around the world um, will be having similar advanced AI. And it almost becomes like an AI arms race where the most AI advanced country will win, and I think this isn't a this isn't a surprise. Like countries know this. I believe Vladimir Putin recently said that AI will be like a major determining factor between countries' success. Um, obviously, America is putting a lot of uh, focus on AI. You hear a lot of um, a lot of talk out of China about AI and kind of what they're doing there. So really interesting to see how this is going to be integrated into the military, and that is what Palantir is currently working on now. In addition to kind of what Palantir is going on is doing, I did want to just highlight really quick another company called Donovan that recently launched from Scale. So Scale is a software company, and um, I also will note that these softwares are definitely you know being used in the military, but they're also being used in other areas such as crisis management for companies as well. So um, they have like slightly changed versions of this where you essentially hook this into all of your company data, and if you know you're in a area and a hurricane is coming and you have like 10 stores down there it can also help you to mitigate crises down there make plans to evacuate to lock down things um, you know what stock to move maybe that's uh, highly valuable and a whole bunch of different decision making things for people that um, or for like companies as well so these these softwares kind of go into both of those but I think right now a lot of the hype and uh, things that we're hearing people talk about um, is coming in the defense area so I will say with Donovan, they recently, you know, they kind of tell on their website the fact that the U.S. Defense Department used them to come in and um, kind of evaluate the current AI uh, battlefield systems that they have to make sure that they were up to, I guess, up to par and whatnot. And they also have a lot of, uh, you know, data pulled from the U.S. Army, the Defense Innovation Unit, the CDAO, the AFRL, and a bunch of other different organizations. Um, including the Air Force to like 
essentially create this AI model that is really good at this. And I'm assuming they're not, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the U.S. government giving out this type of data has exclusive contracts with them. So they're not going to go take U.S. government data on how we fight and go, you know, sell that to Russians or whatnot. But definitely is a highly um, contentious area that I'm sure people will be watching very closely. Again, with uh, Donovan, just like Palantir, uh, when you use the software, it's the same kind of idea where um, it opens up a, it'll open up a portal with a chat on one side and kind of a, um, kind of like a map on the other side. In Donovan's demo, they showed they asked it essentially like, hey, in the last forty-eight hours, what were all the ship movements of adversarial navy vessels in you know this Asia Pacific region? It highlighted them on the map. It said, tell me if there's any anomalies in this. It highlighted one that was off course from what it was supposed to be doing. Um, they were able to then go and get a flyby drone. Had They had help making the decision on getting the flyby drone to go and get more images. Uh, when they did the image scan, they saw that there was a higher level of radiation around the vehicle. Um, and what was really interesting that Donovan did in the demo, it was beyond just like the documents that they had. Um, they kind of branched out and said, is there anything in recent like publicity from that country related to higher levels of radiation and advancements in X, Y, and Z um, military weapons that would, you know, that would explain what this is. And it actually found a report and then, um, it, you know, the report was in Chinese. And so then it had it translate from Chinese, translate the report into English, and they were able to package it and summarize it. So they're like, okay, summarize this entire report. And based off of the other things we've talked about, please put this into like a report I can send to my higher up commanding officer. And so I really see, uh, anyways, they went through this whole exercise and in the course of like eight minutes, they went from, you know, find me an anomaly, gathered all the data they needed um, and figured out kind of what was going on and sent a report that they could then go and take a course of action, which doing like a flyby on an airplane um, to, you know, check what was going on with this vessel. So in the course of minutes, you can have these AIs do really uh, complex tasks that would usually take military analysts days to do. And I think this is really going to accelerate the rate of um, protection in the defense industry. Uh, as wars go on, it's going to be scary to see the speed that AI models are able to do things. Um, if what I would be worried about, to be honest, in, in like a forward thinking manner is obviously when you have to get like human approvals and reviews of different things, it takes longer for a human to look over all the data, make sure everything checks out and then be like, um, you know, decide like, okay, it's 18 minutes to do this course of action and 10 minutes to do that course of action. Um, so we're going to go with this one or that one. What I would be worried about is different militaries ar around the world that are deciding, hey, we're just going to, you know, to make this thing faster, we're just going to say, remove human intervention unless it has like a probability of more than 20 casualties and just like, like, they're going to make decisions like that. That will be a variable in some of these AI models where the AI is is going to be making some decisions of life or death. And in an in the effort to speed up response times, um, people will be removed from the equation. That is what I think I'm most concerned about is not necessarily, I think it's amazing, especially um, for the military defending myself to have tools like this that can help it make better decisions faster. But what scares me is the probability that these eventually are, the human element will be removed from this and, uh, the fact that an AI will be rapidly iterating and making decisions uh, that will affect human life. So I think it's going to be an area to definitely focus on deeply. Do I think it's a bad area we shouldn't be focusing on? It's hard to say because 
in the in the um you know in the concept of national defense if we are not developing these china russia other geopolitical adversaries will and so i definitely think we 100 percent need these tools you know it's like the atomic bomb i wish it didn't exist but because it does and because that technology is there impossible like it definitely needs to be developed uh where you, where you are in order to be a defense so it's gonna be really interesting i think ai will be heavily integrated in the defense industry in the future going forward uh and i'm sure it already is now to some degree but um in fact i was recently talking to a friend who um told me that while he was in south africa it was the one of uh, in the military a couple years ago and gathering intelligence was one of his first um introductions to actually not south africa it was like the congo um, it was one of his first introductions to AI. They had these really advanced AI systems that were tracking people and facial recognition and um, very interesting to hear about. You know, he was like, why are we developing this in the Congo instead of the US and other questions like that. There's all sorts of ethical questions. Of course, we probably test all this AI stuff in other countries, uh, not farther away from our, you know, US citizens that might complain or whatnot. So it's really interesting, um, but definitely the AI is definitely already integrated into the defense system, and this is kind of going to be the next step where it helps to arrange everything and make battle plans and suggestions on the battlefield. So definitely an area we're going to be watching in the future, so stay tuned as we continue to discuss this topic. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode, breaking down how AI is impacting your industry. Today's episode is sponsored by AIbox, a no-code AI app builder and marketplace, which just launched a crowdfunding campaign. If you are interested in investing in a new AI startup, you can go to republic.com slash AI box. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well to learn more. The minimum investment is $150 and the maximum investment is $100,000. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Oh,